This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. The team here, we don't have 32, but we have uh, select members of the uh, medical therapy unit of San Mateo County who bravely are covering what 32 might cover in another context. And so it's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Christina Vusi, who is a developmental behavioral pediatrician at Packard Children's at Stanford with a special interest in working with children with motor disabilities. She spends time at uh, Stanford Spina Bifida Clinic and in the California Children's Service Medical Treatment Program. And uh, I'll let her introduce Helen Fung, who's the PT supervisor at CCS in San Mateo, and Patty Walsh, who's the chief therapist at CCS. We're thrilled to have you here. And would you, are you planning to present individually or jointly? Okay, great. Yes. So that was quite a talk to follow, and I think it illustrated well the complexity of taking care of kids with um, cerebral palsy in particular and other motor disabilities. Um, One of the things I like best about my job as a developmental behavioral pediatrician is that I often get to work on interdisciplinary teams. Uh, I see some of my colleagues from my developmental behavioral field out in the audience, and I'm going to be working with um, two ladies today in this talk who each have over 30 years of experience working at the San Mateo Medical Therapy Unit, working with children with with CCS. So these kids were CP. So these ladies have over 60 years together working in this field. Um, And the CCS Medical Therapy Unit, one thing that has really impressed me and what makes it different than some of the other interdisciplinary teams that I work on is that it's a place where we're not working to find a cure. We're not working to make quick fixes or to solve problems that are acute and then kind of go away. It's a place where children can be seen from the first year of life until they're 21, as often as one to four times a week. So relationships are formed in this clinic, and and milestones are celebrated. Disappointments are, are shared with the family. So it's a really unique place in my work profile where I get to kind of see what it looks like day to day to help parents through the grieving process and to work through the developmental milestones that all children have, such as middle school, high school, graduation, things like that. Um, Helen and Patty have been practicing family-centered care and shared decision-making since before those terms were even coined. Um, It's a really impressive place, and I'm just a part-time member of the team but wanted to share what's going on there. Okay, so we have no no disclosures. Um, This is our clinic. Uh, This is a, a school, and in this school and another one is where the medical therapy program is housed. Um, California Children's Services was established in 1927 by the state of California to provide medical care coordination for children birth to 21. And there's a, I'm going to be talking about CCS administration and the CCS medical therapy program, and they're two different entities under the umbrella of CCS. So the eligibility for CCS is based on medical diagnosis and county of residence, and again, it consists of CCS administration and the MTP. 
The administration program is administered by each county in the state of California, and it arranges, directs, and pays for medical care, equipment, and rehabilitation for children with specific diagnoses. And there's a wide range of diagnoses that are CCS administration eligible, from genetic to endocrine disorders to neoplasms, um, uh, two different neuromuscular disorders. Uh, clients must be both medically and financially eligible to receive CCS administration services. There is a CCS pilot project that was started in 2014 in the San Mateo Medical Center. Um, Senate Bill 586 determined that the Department of Healthcare Services should establish a whole child model program. And this incorporated the CCS services under the Medi-Cal Managed Care Plan. Uh, or Health Plan San Mateo in, in San Mateo County. And this has been going on, and in this, um, CCS San Mateo has a contract with Health Plan San Mateo to do their care coordination. And what's different about the pilot program is that it improves care coordination for CCS children for both their CCS and their non-CCS conditions, meaning that if a child who has diabetes and therefore has a CCS administration care coordination, if they break their arm while playing baseball, that orthopedic surgery will be covered you know, will be coordinated under the care coordination of the CCS. Um, this project maintains the CCS program standards unchanged, um, including that the services are provided by CCS pa panel providers, and it's a comprehensive treatment plan that focuses on the whole child. Um, so far, we're happy to say that there's been minimal impact on the availability of services at the medical therapy program through this project program. And I, I believe it's going to be unveiled in six other counties in the next few months and maybe even further over the next few years. So now let's talk about the medical therapy program. Um, this was established about 20 years after the CCS administration in 1945. It's funded half and half by the state and by the counties. And that medical therapy program specifically provides physical and occupational therapy for children with specific medical diagnoses. So in our county and probably others, um, the speech therapy and other developmental services for children with these medical uh, diagnoses are provided by the regional center. Um, the eligibility for uh, children and families to enroll in the MTP does not require financial eligibility. So we have a quite wide range of uh, socioeconomic status in our patients at the medical therapy program. Um, they do have to live in the county of residence, and the, the main determining factor is the medical diagnosis. Children are served from birth or time of, di of uh, diagnosis or, or concerns to age 21. And the services are provided in two schools in um, San Mateo County, pictured here, and one satellite, and people are, are um, brought to the, the clinic that is closest to their home. Uh, anybody can refer to the CCS MTP. Parents can refer, teachers, any medical professionals, social workers. Um, the only requirements through, for the referral are an application, which can be downloaded at the URL that's listed on this slide, a current medical report, and a doctor's prescription for the first OT and PT evaluation, because the MD or myself or whoever else is doing the medical care conference will not be seeing the child until after they've already begun their, had their evaluation and begun therapy. Um, the eligible diagnoses for the CCS medical therapy program are neurologic. So children with cerebral palsy make up the vast majority of children in the MTP. But we also see kids with spina bifida, spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries. And I'll talk a little bit about the diagnosis of at-risk for cerebral palsy under the age of three. 
Uh, orthopedic diagnoses are seen, including osteogenesis imperfecta, arthritis, arthrogryposis, amputations, and we also see neuromuscular disorders such as spinal muscular atrophy and muscular dystrophy. Um, so the kids um, who are at risk for CP, uh, this is an eligible diagnosis that raises the most questions and concerns, so I just wanted to talk a little bit more about it. Um, children can be uh, applicants for CCS under three years of age if they have two or more of the following neurological findings. So if a primary care physician is worried because a child has persistent primitive reflexes and increased DTRs or abnormal posturing, or hypotonicity or asymmetry of motor findings, then they're referred. And at age three, we make a determination if that child indeed has cerebral palsy or maybe a neurologist or someone else makes that diagnosis prior to age three. But by age three, if we have determined that the child does not have cerebral palsy, then their services are transitioned to the school district or to other uh, providers for their occupational and physical therapy needs. So we're going to um, go through the lives of three children to kind of demonstrate what we do at the clinic. And we're going to start out with Ava. She is an adorable girl who's now three years old. She was born at 36 weeks gestation. She was small for gestational age and stayed in the NICU for about two weeks, working on feeding issues and also with temperature instability. Um, when she came into our CCS MTP program, she was about 11 months old, and she was referred by her primary care physician because she was not yet sitting independently. She was using her right hand more than her left. Her lower extremities demonstrated hypertonia, and so we accepted her into the program with a diagnosis of at-risk for cerebral palsy. And you can see on the growth curve um, at the right that the upper one is her height and the lower one is her weight. She was well below the third percentile for her weight, height, and head circumference, which is not pictured here. Um, so over time, she continued to grow very slowly and has never been above the third percentile for weight, height, or head circumference. She had a head MRI, which was normal. Some facial differences were noted, and because of this, genetic testing was performed. The initial round was normal, but a second round of genetic testing revealed the diagnosis, which explained her growth difficulty, developmental dif difficulties, and her physical findings. Over time, feeding has continued to be a challenge for Ava. She is currently syringe-fed, and she's been working with the occupational therapy on her oral motor um, skills since she came into our program. She does, however, have nice fine motor skills, so the, oral th the occupational therapist has been able to focus mainly on oral motor skills. Um, she, over time, at about 18 months of age, began to sit unsupported and then crawl and then stand independently. At three years of age, she's still not quite walking independently, but she does use all of her limbs symmetrically. She requires no braces or equipment, and she has quite limited language despite receiving speech therapy through uh, the regional center for the past couple of years. So at age three... Ava um, came into our medical therapy conference, and we had our meeting, which the families attend, as well as the physical therapist, occupational therapist, a family liaison, sometimes a social worker, depending on the needs of the child. And we had a nice discussion. Um, at that time, she was taking one or two steps when held. She had nice movement patterns that suggested she's capable of walking without assistance. She had completely normal muscle tone and deep tendon reflexes and was using her arms and legs symmetrically. So at that visit, we did not give a qualifying di diagnosis of cerebral palsy, 
which was um, sad for us because we love this family and she's a really sweet girl. Um, so she's not going to continue the services at CCS MTU after turning three, but instead her services will be transitioned to the school district and to private therapists for her ongoing OT and PT needs. Uh, the child is first evaluated at an initial assessment. The family is met by our parent liaison and social worker for the first part of the hour. Then the PT supervisor and therapy chief do a brief assessment using several of those listed uh, and make a determination as to whether the child would benefit from OT and PT. At the initial assessment, the CCS program is explained to the parents as well as the expectations for their participation. Other resources that the family may qualify for are also provided. Once the child is assigned to one of our therapists, they will do a much more in-depth assessment using those listed. Strength may be determined using a manual muscle test depending on the child's ability to follow instructions. But if they aren't, then the therapist simply watches them move and sees what they're capable of doing. Activities of daily living. This includes all self-care activities and takes into consideration the age of the child. It can range from oral motor and feeding skills to dressing and basic hygiene. For the older children, it might include higher level activities like making a grocery list, going to the store, and making a simple meal. Fine motor skills, the OTs focus on upper extremity use, including reach, grasp, and release, prehensile patterns, and manual dexterity. Gross motor skills, both OTs and PTs work to improve gross motor skills. OTs focus on the development of self-care activities, while the PTs work on mobility and gait. The therapist may provide individual treatments or co-treat together. A co-treatment session consists of both therapists present. This provides an extra set of hands to facilitate the desired pattern of movement in order to achieve the therapy goal. So, for example, if they were helping the child learn to remove the jacket, the PT might work on weight shift, trunk rotation, while the OT would work on arm and hand control. Gait. Our PTs work to get the kids mobile using their individual strengths and abilities. Many children walk well without any assistive devices while others rely on them. Braces often play an important role in providing support, alignment, and stability. Balance is key in performing any activity. Therapists build balance activities into their therapy from the very beginning. Here you see a little girl on a swing, someone on a vibration board, and someone on a balance beam. Posture and alignment. Therapists focus on both posture and alignment in order to teach kids how to best engage muscles that will enable them to maximize their strength and range of motion and move with fluidity. The goal is to minimize long-term effects from poor alignment that could lead to chronic pain and further disability. How are therapy services determined? Uh, this is a list of commonly used uh, assessments that are standardized. They're selected depending on the child's ability and age. 
Most children entering our program between uh, infancy and six years are assessed using the Peabody Developmental Scale in order to obtain a baseline of their fine and gross motor abilities. And the classification scales, Dr. Chamber went into lots of detail on that. Uh, there's three kinds, the gross motor scale, the fine motor scale, and the communication scale, each having a rating of one to five, five being the most involved. The scale's been extremely helpful, like he said, for everyone to have the same mental picture of how the child performs. So once the objective data has been collected, the therapists work with parents. Oh, let me. Okay. Uh, uh, Therapists work with parents um, and the kid to determine functional goals. Uh, The COPM, or the Canadian Occupational Performance Measure, is a tool in which the parent and the child, if appropriate, list skills that they want to do, need to do, um, or are expected to do. After the goals are established, the therapists uh, develop a treatment plan. And the treatment can include the hands-on treatment, um, and it could be separate OT and PT sessions, or it could be a co-treatment. Uh, the sessions could also be um, provided in an intensive uh, treatment model in which a child receives frequent therapy uh, sessions, maybe two to three times per week for a number of weeks, up to 12 weeks, to work on a very specific functional goal. This is paired with a home program to practice and incorporate in the normal home routine. Um, there are multiple factors that go into determining therapy frequency, and I know this is a question a lot of parents have. How do therapists determine how often a child is getting therapy? Um, over time that a child is seen at CCS, their frequency will change based on their needs. A child is seen more often when they're making changes as a result of hands-on therapy. Um, and an increase in therapy could be a result of after a surgery or procedure. Um, it could be because a child is motivated to achieve a new goal, or if they have new equipment needs, for example, they're working on power mobility and they need to, to determine access and they need practice with driving skills. Um, a decrease in therapy could be if the goal is to just maintain skills. If the child is not interested or motivated to participate in therapy at that time, um, and when the family is more independent in their home program and in handling their equipment and bracing. Um, a decrease in th- therapy frequency does not mean that therapy will not increase again because therapists are constantly reevaluating the frequency. Besides OT and PT services, the medical therapy program, program includes MTC or the CCS clinics, and this is a team meeting with the child, the parents, the therapist, the physician, parent liaison, and social worker. At, in San Mateo County, the way that we um, uh, divide kids up for the medical therapy conference, kids birth to six years old see a developmental pediatrician like Dr. Bicey. Uh, kids seven to 11 see a physiatrist. When they turn 12 and until they're 21, they see a physiatrist who specializes in transitions. If they have orthopedic needs, they see an orthopedist. And the kids who have Kaiser see a Kaiser um, physiatrist who comes to the medical therapy unit. Because Kaiser sends their um, physiatrists to the medical therapy unit, uh, Kaiser kids are the only kids with HMO that are seen in the medical therapy clinics. Uh, Kids are seen at the medical therapy conference uh, every six months if they have active therapy, which is once a week or more often, and every 12 months for monitoring uh, if they have monitoring therapy, which is less than once a week. 
Uh, the role of the physician at the medical therapy conference is to determine medical eligibility at age three, to supervise the therapy program, recommend uh, equipment, make referrals to specialists, uh, provide hip surveillance with x-rays, and uh, help with transition planning. We also have a social worker, and the social worker's role is to provide resources for the family regarding housing, social security, health insurance, conservatorship. He helps providing information on transition for kids approaching 21, makes referral to psychosocial services, and helps find financial assistance from charitable organizations. We also have a parent liaison. Um, She has a child who's 11 years old who has been in our program since he was six months old. She provides support to families from a parent's perspective, helps uh, families with navigating the school system, the regional center system. She connects families with each other, um, runs a parent group. She does our bulletin boards and our parent newsletter. We also have durable medical equipment clinics in which vendors come to the medical therapy unit to evaluate for, deliver, and repair equipment. The child, the family, and the therapist are all present um, at these, these clinics. Um, in addition, the therapists help obtain necessary documentation and prescriptions to help uh, families get equipment through their insurance. For equipment that's covered through um, Medi-Cal, the authorizations for the equipment is actually done in the medical therapy unit. We also have clinics where the orthotists come to the medical therapy unit to evaluate, cast, and deliver braces. And the therapists work closely with the orthotist to determine the fit and function of orthoses. We have um, dental clinics, which is similar to um, the dental program that uh, Dr. Glassman talked about yesterday. Um, it's provided by Ravenswood Dental Clinic through a grant. It's for children under 12 years old, uh, a dental hygienist and a, a dental assistant who specialize in working with uh, kids with special needs, comes to the unit once a month, and they are able to do cleanings, x-rays, and simple treatment. We also have um, monthly activities of daily living groups. So we provide uh, activities in a group setting to work on things like dressing, meal prep, household chores, community skills such as shopping, money management, and public transportation. We have a weekly exercise group, and these are group activities to work on strengthening, stretching, balance, and coordination. And we have each of these groups um, at each of the sites, both in San Mateo and San Bruno. We have a yearly prom, and this started um, nine years ago, uh, when some kids in the exercise group uh, were talking about their high school proms and saying how they didn't really feel comfortable going to them. So the first prom was planned to, um, to help them learn about grooming and social etiquette. And since then, it's become a yearly event that everyone looks forward to. It's open to children that are 10 years old and their families uh, and older. Um, we have... Um, Everyone gets all dressed up, and we have uh, donated clothes uh, for the f- to make sure that everyone's able to um, come in looking their best. It's a community effort with donations from local businesses for food, decorations, um, uh, flowers, and makeup. And we have volunteers who run a makeup, hair, and nail station uh, before the prom. And we have a volunteer DJ um, who plays lively tunes, and we have photographers um, throughout the event. So just to give you a little um, better idea of some of the MTU services, we, I wanted you to uh, meet Taylor. Um, Taylor had a rough start um, due to fetal maternal hemorrhage and resulting in global brain injury, seizures, and she was in the NICU for 12 days. 
Uh, by 11 months, she demonstrated increased tone and reflexes in all her extremities and asymmetrical use of her hands. She was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at 24 months and started her um, services at 11 months through the Early Start program and CCS um, when she was almost three. She's now eight years old with a diagnosis of spastic quadriparesis, GMFCS level four. She has increased tone um, throughout with uh, her legs more affected than her arms and the left side more affected than the right side. She has impaired balance and protective reactions, um, impaired sensation and visual motor skills. She has tightness and weakness in all her extremities and her trunk and she has difficulty dissociating or isolating movement um, throughout. She's able to sit independently and turn to either side, um, but she does have a rounded spine and flexion posturing in her arms and her legs. She scissors at her legs. Um, you can see th these are two pictures. Um, the first was a few years ago, and the uh, second one, uh, the lower one, is just recently, and she had a, a cyclelective dorsal rhizotomy uh, a little over a year ago, and it, and it has made a difference as far as her posture and her ability to, to work on some of her independent living skills. For uh, fine motor, she's able to reach over her head without a loss of balance. She has difficulty using her arms and precise movement of her fingers and hands. Um, she has some uh, hypermobility of her joints in her hands and some hypomobility um, as well, so she uses hand splints for fine motor function. She's able to feed herself, take off her socks and a shirt overhead. Uh, she needs some help to take off a sweater um, that's open in the front. And she's able to push large buttons through buttonholes using a thumb splint. For mobility, she's able to roll, commando crawl, and get up to sitting by herself. She transitions um, to standing with some help, contact guard um, up to kneeling, and then a little bit more assistance to come all the way up to standing. She needs moderate assistance to get from her bed to her wheelchair, um, and she's dependent for toilet and tub transfers. She walks on level surfaces and upstairs with moderate assistance, but in a gait trainer, she's able to um, walk in an open space. Uh, she uses a manual wheelchair at home and in the classroom, and for longer distances, she uses power mobility. But because of her visual motor um, issues, she needs supervision, and she's working with an orientation and mobility specialist. Her strengths are her communication skills and social skills. She has age-appropriate play skills and interests. She's willing to try anything and loves coming to therapy. At the last um, therapy evaluation, the OT goals um, were uh, determined by Taylor, her parents, and the OT. And the goals are to put on an open front shirt or sweater and to hike her pants up while standing with one hand. Uh, for PT, uh, they came up with these goals, stand with one arm support for 30 seconds, and to get herself into bed um, positioned in the correct orientation. Uh, she's currently receiving twice a week PT and twice a week OT. Uh, over the time that she's been at CCS, her frequency has fluctuated between one to four times a week based on her needs. Some of the things that uh, they take, take into consideration when considering Taylor's frequency are the fact that she works really hard in therapy, and by the end of the session, she looks different than she did when she started. She continues to progress in her skills. She's had various orthopedic surgeries. She's had Botox, and she's had the selective dorsal rhizotomy. And um, she's, her age-expected skills have changed because she started at age three, and now she's at age eight. So there's always something new to work on. 
Um, the therapists provided consultation in a variety of settings, including home visits and school visits. They've also consulted with orthopedists, especially uh, in preparation and after surgeries, with neurologists and with the physiatrists, especially in relation to um, different muscles that might benefit from Botox injections. Um, at the spasticity management clinic, um, it was determined um, they decided that she would go through a selective dorsal rhizotomy, and the therapists were part of that um, team uh, approach. And after the rhizotomy, the therapist consulted very closely with the inpatient rehab team at Children's Hospital Oakland to ensure that the transition from inpatient rehab to outpatient CCS services was smooth. Um, The therapists have worked very closely with the parents to develop a home activity program. Um, She attends the medical therapy conference every six months because she's getting active therapy. She sees a physiatrist um, at this time. The therapists have helped the families obtain her manual wheelchair, power wheelchair, her gait trainer, adaptive tricycle, stander, and toilet seat. Um, And the therapists have also helped um, the family obtain her AFOs, and she's currently on a trial using a swash um, to keep her hips in hip abduction uh, because she's having a little bit of um, recurrence of some hip issues. Um, So Taylor's come a long way, but she has many challenges ahead as she heads into her preteen years, and we're going to continue to work with her family, her medical providers and teachers to maximize her abilities and ensure she has the tools needed for what lies ahead as a teen and as an adult. I'd like to introduce you now to Rebecca. Rebecca is a 32-year-old female uh, with the diagnosis of spastic quadriparesis. She's a Bay Area native, the oldest of two girls. Her sister is a physical therapist. She graduated with a BA and MA from Notre Dame de Namur, and she's a marriage and family therapist. Uh, Her mother's pregnancy was uneventful until about 28 weeks when her water broke. Mom was hospitalized and administered steroids to develop the baby's lungs. Rebecca appeared the next week at 29 weeks and was um, weighing in at 2 pounds, 3.7 ounces. She was only ventilated for 24 hours. She had an NG tube for less than a month. She was diagnosed with tetralogy of Fallot and in the NICU for two months. Um, At six months, she had her heart surgery to correct the tetralogy of flow and then returned home after recovery. Uh, Rebecca's parents noticed that she was not meeting her developmental milestones, and they discussed this with their pediatrician. Uh, She was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, spastic quadriparesis, and then referred to the Golden Gate Regional Center, where she entered an early start program and received PT, OT, and speech. At age three, she was referred to CCS. At the time, uh, the therapist met with her parents and uh, determined what was important to them. The primary goal for both parents was mobility, followed by socialization, education, and just they really wanted to maximize her opportunities. Um, Her services after the Golden Gate Regional Center took place at an early childhood education preschool, where she benefited from the services of a special education teacher and classroom aides. 
Housed at the same facility was one of our medical therapy units where she received uh, OT and PT and was uh, eligible for services until she turned 21. The PT did an evaluation. They looked at her increased tone, her decreased range of motion, her posture alignment, her balance, mobility, and gait, and came up with a treatment plan and therapy frequency, which was weekly. The OT did a similar assessment, looking at range, increased tone, weakness, postural alignment, fine motor skills, self-care, and perception, and also came up with a therapy plan and uh, recommended therapy on a weekly basis. Early on, it was determined that she would benefit from a manual wheelchair, a walker, and AFOs. At age 11, she received her power chair. These four pieces of equipment have remained very critical in her mobility to this day. And she uses them to get around the house as well as in the community. Uh, At age six, uh, she had soft tissue lengthenings of her hip adductors, hip flexors, and hamstrings. PT did a home visit to evaluate how things were going and if additional durable medical equipment was needed. Rebecca's parents uh, focused on mobility, and uh, throughout her childhood, they took her everywhere, did everything with her. They enrolled her in a variety of community programs, and they were really quite successful in promoting her ability to navigate her surroundings. Uh, In her adult life, Rebecca um, uh, lives in San Francisco, Uh, She graduated uh, from grad school in 2010 and completed her credentials as an MFT. She shares an apartment and works full-time. Of importance to Rebecca is exercising on a regular basis. She heads to the gym in her neighborhood two or three times a week, and she says that it helps her feel looser and that um, the benefits of working out last a couple days. Uh, Like other 32-year-old young ladies, she enjoys travel, restaurants, movies, and sporting events. In terms of self-care, she's now independent with upper body dressing. She can manage clothing for toileting, but she requires maximum assistance to don lower extremity garments. She's independent with basic grooming, including putting her contacts in, and she benefits from assistance for bathing, cooking, and household chores. Rebecca is independent, driving her own van. She's able to enter it, um, uh, transfer out of her power uh, wheelchair and into the driver's seat. She uses her van every day to get to work. Um, She's a very lucky individual in that she lives in California where it's usually sunny. When it rains or there's inclement weather, uh, this can impair her mobility and be downright hazardous. In this picture, she's on a a glacier in Iceland, and you can see that she depends completely on her friend to stay in an upright position standing in the snow. She loves to travel, and she's been to many countries. She's told me that it's um, not easy to find medical providers when traveling or even at home because there's a scarcity of of trained physicians that are familiar with her condition. Uh, Anyone who travels quite a bit has probably had a situation or an incident where you check your bags, get on the plane, and afterwards you go to the conveyor belt and you watch, and A, you're worried that your, your luggage isn't going to show up, and B, when it does, you see that the wheel fell off the suitcase and the handle's torn. 
uh, with Rebecca, in addition to accessibility, she has to really think twice about what equipment she takes along on a trip. And she's told me that at least two or three times on, in her travels, uh, her, her equipment's been damaged. Um, and whether it breaks at home or on vacation, it's always hard to find a, a provider, and it, it renders her immobile. Um, even uh, though she is uh, very capable of handling her own affairs, getting new equipment and dealing uh, with uh, repairs is quite a deal, and she has to be very persistent. So as you can tell from these case studies, uh, we take the kids through many stages of their lives. At CCS, it takes teamwork to move the kids forward to live independently so that they can have fulfilling lives. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.